sitting down. Fuck. <laughs> That's why they make them stand up. Now I get it, or else you're just talking. Or you're just talking. Oh. Gosh. Tradition. Tradition. Don't fuck with it. Well, United Arab Emirates have a lot of money, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah. Some uh, some free stuff going on. But luckily, before before that uh, happened, uh, some other shit went down, and uh, I basically ended up hitting the road because I was being, you know, pretty heavily surveilled by these dudes. But it was kind of a shame because I had already practiced, you know, doing a bunch of stuff that was going to be needed in my new cat lifestyle, like jumping up on the mantle and knocking a bunch of shit off. <laughs> Shitting in a box of sand, much to the dismay of other people at the playground. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna sit down now. Rainbows return to Strawberry Lake for 50th anniversary, unlikely. From the Grand Gazette, March 27th, 2022, by Marissa Lorenz. On March 3rd, a post made to a number of Grant County Facebook groups announced, warned, about 20,000 plus coming to a forest near you. Rumor has it it's happening in Grand Lake. The post was referencing the 2022 Rainbow Family Gathering, the 50th anniversary of an annual event first held at Strawberry Lake near Granby. For those who are unfamiliar with the Rainbow Family of Living Light, it grew out of various cultural and youth movements of the late 1960s and early 70s. Their annual World Gatherings have become month-long events that center around a prayer and meditation circle for world peace, usually held on July 4th. Some have described the group as the largest non-organization of non-members in the world with no leaders and no organization. Others commonly refer to them as dirty hippies. And while Rainbow-created websites maintain that it is long-standing Rainbow Family consensus that nobody has ever or ever will represent the Rainbow Family, they often talk about such things as communal peace, love, and harmony on and with the planet Earth. That 1972 gathering was the Rainbow's first intentional large group gathering, drawing an estimated 20,000 to Grant County. A New York Times article from the period says that they came to meditate in the forest, to chant prayers together, talk over things, and play flutes and guitars and drums under the spruce and aspen trees. It also details how local government opposed the event. Then-Governor John Love swore to prevent the gathering. The state closed roads to the campground. It tried to ban food from the area. But eventually, it was the young people who decided the issue. By hiking through the forest to get to the location, after being stuck in the town of Granby, many without accommodation, for seven days of standoff. The article goes on to say that concerns of health epidemics were unfounded, that waste was buried in military-style trenches, and that there was little evidence of drug use outside of an occasional marijuana cigarette. One-time journalist and owner-editor of the Middle Park Times, Ed Quillen, later wrote about being at that first event as a young reporter. Two years after that, I was editing the Kremlin newspaper in Grand County, and I heard the local side of the story, Quillen wrote. The Strawberry Lake crowd hadn't caused that much real trouble, but any substantial population spike in a remote and unpopulated zone, the county had only 5,000 people in those days, was burdensome and disruptive. But those contemporary accounts conflict with local memory as recalled today. That March 3rd post has garnered over 100 comments on one Facebook page, with most expressing negative attitudes toward the Rainbow Gathering and a hope it will not come back to the area. 
They pay for nothing and leave feces everywhere, states one Facebook commenter. For all the world peace and sacred healing they spew, it is wildly overshadowed by a lot of destructive and dangerous behavior, says another. And yet another local laments, We have laws in the county code because of this nightmare. It's why we can't live in a camper on our own property. Few voices speak in defense of the event, though two individuals claim to know that the gathering will not return to the Granby area. And a longtime rainbow who calls himself Muddy George recently echoed that unlikelihood. By phone, George, a Colorado native and self-described protector of our national forest, recounts his first gathering, the second in Colorado, held in 1992 in Paonia. I was concerned. I went with the intention of participating, but I also wanted to make sure a large gathering would be safe and environmentally friendly to Colorado. George says he has attended most annual gatherings since, serving in various capacities, including as part of the Vision Council that makes consensus-based decisions about upcoming events. He confirms and stresses that no decisions have yet been made about the 2022 location other than that it will be in Colorado. George explains that scouting of potential sites takes place on a continual basis. We know that we're a large group, so areas that work for our needs, such as parking, water, camping, are generally areas that are already permitted, already have an impact use, and have historically been used by other large groups, such as large hunting camps or grazing or logging activities. Sites that are vulnerable or problematic don't meet our needs. Burn scars and rehabbing burn scars don't meet our needs, George assures. The strawberry site, being a sensitive area, would negate its consideration. And Muddy George understands well the community's concerns about fire. He lost his own home to a Colorado wildfire in 2002. Yet he continues to return to the gathering, seeing firsthand the work done being, being done to mitigate not just fire, but violence, long-term environmental damage, and waste accumulation. As for Grand County safety officials, they are already in discussion about resource needs should the Rainbow Group decide to return to the area. We are aware of the likelihood of the 2022 World Rainbow Family Gathering happening in Colorado and the possibility it could take place in Grant County, says Grand County Sheriff Brett Schrotlin. While it is too early to know with any certainty, it is our understanding that historically the location of the gathering is not determined until after their spring council in June. We are engaged in preliminary discussions with the United States Forest Service as the event would most likely be on public lands. Our local, state, and federal partners will be prepared should the event materialize, and we will strive to minimize the local impacts it could bring to our community. And Regin Cloudman, Public Information Officer for the Arapaho National Forest, affirms that same message. We know the community is still recovering from the 2020 fires and the pandemic on top of that. Here, we have the advantage of knowing this event may occur, giving us time to prepare for it, and allowing us to plan for a significant number of additional resources to support safely and environmental efforts. More details of how a coordinated response to a planned Grand County Rainbow Family Gathering would work, and who would be involved in what capacities, is expected in the coming weeks. The U.S. Forest Service will be communicating that information as it is determined. Thousands from Rainbow Family Sect plan to descend on Colorado this summer, making law enforcement nervous, like the Burning Man Festival, but weirder, reports indicate, by Conrad Swanson from the Denver Post, March 31st, 2022. The 50th anniversary of the Rainbow Family of Living Light's first gathering in Colorado comes this summer, and the group, a sect of hippies that say they stand for peace and love, appear likely to return to its roots.
Sheriff's departments in Grand and Jackson counties, alongside U.S. Forest Service officials, confirmed that the Rainbow Family appears poised for a month-long gathering in Colorado this summer. Rainbow families can bring thousands of people together for what Vice reported amounts to a weird version of Burning Man, mixing bikers, Jesus freaks, computer programmers, naked yogis, and gutter punks looking to escape the thralls of everyday life. In Colorado, past gatherings led to an uptick in trespassing and illegal camping charges after seven members told police that they took psychedelic drugs before climbing atop Boulder Public Library's roof, the Daily Camera reported. The group gathers each year for about a week, but this year, marking their 50th anniversary, they're expected to stick around for longer. Flyers posted around Jackson County said they'd gather from June 28th to July 28th, said Sheriff Jared Poley, likely near the Granby area. Precisely where they'll gather and how many people might come remains unclear, Poley said. It really concerns me that it's for a full month. There's not a real good way to prepare for it, Poli said. In the past, we've seen issues come out of it like thefts, vandalism, abandonment of trash, animals on Forest Service property. Forest Service spokesman, spokeswoman Reed Armstrong said the agency is aware of the possible gathering, but that, that it's neither permitted nor sanctioned. Groups larger than 75 people require a special use permit, and the Rainbow family has consistently refused to abide by those requirements, she said. We want to assure the community that we are working with our partners and cooperators to prepare for the possibility of a large extended gathering in Colorado, Armstrong said. Serena Roxund, a district wildlife manager with Colorado Parks and Wildlife, said the state agency is also aware of the possible gathering, but without more details, can do little to prepare. The group tends to gather on federal lands, she says, so the state agency would likely have little involvement. While reports of Rainbow Family gatherings are often paired with drug use and sometimes sexual assault, Rolling Stone reported in 1993 they've also been described as a band of misfits taking solace within the larger group. For their 2019 gathering in New Mexico, Forest Service representatives noted that they're fairly cooperative with rules meant to protect water and culturally significant sites, the New Mexican reported. For that meeting, they brought propane tanks to abide by fire bans and promised to clean up whatever trash they left behind. Criminal charges can often stem from these meetings, but prosecutors have also dropped many of these charges. The Rainbow Family has no designated leadership and members and take pride in their holistic and communal system, online blogs and profiles show. The group's first meeting was in the Strawberry Lake area east of Granby in 1972. Rainbow Gathering could bring thousands to fragile Colorado backcountry sparking outrage by Spencer McKee, Denver Gazette, March 31st, 2022. In 2006, an estimated 15,000 members of the Rainbow Family Group, often described as hippies and as part of a non-organization, took over a large swath of land in Colorado's Route National Forest during an illegal gathering. The same group may be coming back to the Centennial State this summer. While the annual gatherings of the Rainbow Family of the Living Light are described by some as a celebration of nature and life, others find issue with the massive crowds that the events bring to public land for extended periods of time. Not only can Rainbow Family gatherings cost the Forest Service hundreds of thousands of dollars each year, major concerns also exist regarding the environmental impact of long-term forest use by such a gr large group.
In 2006, the National Forest Service had denied the group two permit applications for their Steamboat Springs area gathering, one permit that contained profanity and a second that was denied due to fire safety concerns. The group gathered anyway, citing that a permit requirement violated the constitutional freedom of assembly. In a matter of days, hundreds of violation notices had been issued by Forest Service officers for a range of offenses, including illegal occupancy and use of a national forest and drug-related offenses. This year, plans circulating the Internet seemed to point to Colorado as the destination for the annual summer gathering once again. Two different, presumably related Facebook groups reference Colorado. The first is 2022 Colorado 50th Annual Rainbow Gathering, a group with 1,700 members that has been used to promote events in other states in the past. The second is Rainbow Gathering Vision 2022 Colorado, which implies a destination of Table Mountain, Golden Area, or Strawberry Lake, Granby Area, where the first, interne where the first intentional group gathering took place in 1972. A plan to hold the festival in Colorado is also mentioned in a report from the Grand Gazette, with someone involved in the location selection process stating that the 2022 event will happen in Colorado, but that the exact spot is to be determined. He also notes that the Strawberry Lake site would be likely deemed too vulnerable by the group, possibly due to recent fire activity in the area. While members of the group believe their gathering is well-intentioned, rumors of the group's return to Colorado has drawn criticism online. On the popular forum-based website Reddit, members of a Denver-centric message board with 282,000 members have shown a strong negative reaction, also encouraging the public to contact officials at local National Forest Office about the supposed event. Outrage and concern focuses mostly on damage done to natural spaces by the event in the past, including the creation of informal trails, excessive human and animal waste left in centralized spots, and the stripping of tree branches for burning. Worry that the event could attract criminals has also been expressed. There are obvious environmental concerns that come with any long-term occupation of a space, especially by a large group. Generally, these events are billed as taking place through the first week of July, though many participants can get there early and stay for much longer, with some sources stating that the event can last an entire month. Last year, the Rainbow Gathering event took place in Carson National Forest, New Mexico, near Taos. An Associated Press report on the event noted that Forest Service officials have said that recent gatherings have had little impact on water, erosion, and other areas of concern. The Forest Service is preparing for thousands of people to come and camp en masse in one of Colorado's forests this summer. Online rumors are swirling that our state is the destination for the 50th Rainbow Family Gathering. The group describes themselves as a, a, a loose-knit organization that operates without leadership. Their events, earthy functions, draw in thousands of people. Facebook groups, presumably associated with the group, have hinted that Table Mountain in Golden or Strawberry Lake in Granby could be this year's destination. A group that large, camped out in the forest for a long period of time, obviously creates an added wildfire risk. The Forest Service says, if necessary, they'll bring in a significant number of resources to reduce the impact on nearby towns as well as the public land. Good morning, Colorado. You're listening to The Daily Sun Up with the Colorado Sun. It's Friday, April 1st. Today, the Rainbow Gathering is returning to Colorado after 16 years for its 50th anniversary. 
but it's a mystery of where this week's long confab will take place and when. Now, let's go back in time with some Colorado history. The discovery of gold in the Colorado Territory in the 1850s launched a second gold rush that led to a stampede of people looking to find fame and fortune. Regionally mined ore was often called Pikes Peak Gold, and the dust and ore brought into town wasn't easily spent on its own. Groups like the Clark Gruber & Company opened up a private mint to turn that dust into coins that could be more easily traded for goods and services. On July 25, 1860, the group opened up shop in a two-story brick building on the corner of Market and 16th Streets in Denver, minting $10 gold pieces at the rate of 15 or 20 coins a minute. The coin featured Pikes Peak surrounded by a forest of timber. In three years of operation, they minted $594,305 worth of coins. They were so successful that the U.S. Treasury purchased the business in April 1863. This operation would eventually become the Denver Mint and is the single largest producer of coins in the world. Next, our feature story. The first time the Rainbow Gathering got together was in 1972, and that happened to be in Grand County. The last time they met in Colorado was in 2006, when 10,000 people camped out on public lands in Route National Forest. This unofficial organization has no official leaders nor an official website. But through word of modern mouth, like Reddit forums, this group of hippie campers appear to be headed to Colorado to celebrate their 50th anniversary this summer. There is cause for concern, though, about the impact of such a large group on federal lands. But as Jason Blevins reports, one upside so far is the Forest Service knows it's coming. Tamara Chung talks to Jason in today's podcast. Hi, Jason. How are you hey. today? Very well. How are you, Tamara? I'm good. Thanks for talking to us about the Rainbow Gathering. So this is new to me. I'm not from here, and I have no idea what this is. Can you tell our audience what... What exactly is the Rainbow Gathering? Well, for 50 years, this group has been uh, holding sort of, they call it impromptu uh, gatherings on public land, forest service land usually, um, around the country, different states all over. And uh, they just kind of started to hint this week that they plan to come back to Colorado for their 50th anniversary. The first ever Rainbow Gathering was uh, on public land near Granby in 1972. So, 50 years, so it sounds like they're going to be somewhere here in Colorado, but um, who who are these people? Like, you know, I mean, I have no idea. I think your story mentions they're hippie campers, but do you know, who, who are they? What do they represent? Uh, they started in, I think, around Eugene, Medford, Oregon, and in the, in the early 70s. And they, uh, you know, they're peace, harmony, love folks. Um, they have no structure. There is no leadership. There's no headquarters. There's no people in charge. Everybody that attends this event is uh, treated as an equal, I guess. And they um, they just sort of come together and have, have this big sort of prayer circle-ish type event on July 4th. And that's sort of their trademark, uh, you know, pinnacle apex of the of their gathering sometimes folks are there for a month or longer um the event technically lasts about a week um we're not quite sure where they're going to end up in colorado um you know this is 
since they have no formal structure, um, it's all just kind of online chatter, you know, and there's some websites out there that say, you know, get ready for the 50th anniversary in Colorado. And people in Grand County and the Arapaho National Forest seem to think that they will be returning to the Arapaho um, uh, for their 50th sometime in July this year. Could be as many as 30,000 people. They usually draw about 10 to 15,000 people for, for these events. So, so it's funny that you mentioned there's no official leaders, there's no official website, but it sounds like they get their message out to one another online. And there was even a forum on Reddit that they've closed outsiders. So it sounds like there's some maybe criticism here or so what's happening there. Well, yeah, we, we were kind of watching it yesterday when they kind of announced that it would be coming on. So we were on this the subreddit and I guess the Reddit people don't much care for that, but it's, uh, they were, you know, chattering, and as you can imagine, there were more than a few commenters from Colorado who were, um, let's say, less than enthusiastic and unwelcoming <laughs> to uh, the idea of, you know, 10,000 people gathering in a natural forest for a, a week-long party. So they, I, they shut that down today. You can't actually see what they're talking about in there. Um, so that's kind of... Uh, been a little shift but I, I think back in the day they used to have a phone number that you would call and they and then you know they would have sort of regional gatherings so it was word of mouth and it was probably mailings and signs up and you know hippie communes or who knew how they did it pre-internet but now you know just like any kind of online community they're pretty loosely based and there's no one really to uh, to to organize you know this these events but what's interesting is the forest service actually has a national incident management team that follows this group around every year you know it's 40 something forest service law enforcement personnel who uh go to all these events track them attend each one you know write some tickets and kind of just loosely police you know they they obviously can't write 10,000 tickets and they're obviously not going to arrest 10,000 people. So it makes it kind of a challenge on their front. And that, you know, that they, their, their point is that they should be able to have the right to assemble on public lands at any time. Uh, Forest Service obviously has rules about public gatherings and they want you to get a permit. And um, since there is no rainbow family boss, then there's nobody to actually sign for a permit or apply for a permit so it's kind of an interesting dynamic in terms of this relationship and it's largely antagonistic between the rainbow family and the forest service obviously um but there's you know they have as many as 500 people after each event that kind of stick around and fill in their you know pit toilet latrine sort of stuff and replant grasses and do all this stuff they have medical care they have uh you know different a whole bunch of different camps divided across the you know as many as you know two thousand three thousand acres of public land out in the middle of forest and as you can imagine some concerns in colorado are largely focused around wildfire um you know there's just a lot of valid concern over twenty thousand plus people camping in the middle of the woods and what how that might i don't know spark a wildfire yeah. So, so it sounds like they clean up after themselves, and they they may also be concerned with the environment as well. Um, but the wildfire is an issue because that's something you know. Wildfires are obviously wildfires because they're kind of out of our control. 
Sure. And I went to like, you know, the Denver library and had them pull up some, you know, 1972 Denver post articles, Rocky mountain news articles, um, and 1992 articles. And I got a report from the forest service in 1992 and they you know, they, a lot of the response from forest service officials are, wow, this wasn't as bad as we thought it was. Um, you know, they, they did a decent job of cleaning up, you know, it's going to take up whatever a season or two of growing in the, in the meadows to kind of repair damaged grasses or, or things like that. But largely it's, they don't seem to have too much, uh, you know, they don't seem to have as much of an impact as you would expect if 10,000 people just randomly gathered in the woods for a week long party, but they're, Gosh, we've really changed a lot since 1972, 1992, and even 2006. There's a lot more people in this state, and there's a lot more concerns in these smaller rural communities over, you know, camping. We're writing almost every week about new reservation systems and ways that local communities are cracking down on, on you know, sort of random camping and free-for-all camping around their towns out of a rational fear of, wildfire and people not controlling their campfires and that causing you know some significant impacts to natural resources so we're in we're in a different time but then you know i guess you could say we've been in a different time forever (laughs) and no community has ever you know stood up and celebrated the arrival of the rainbow family it's not like they're courted and and you know people get excited when they come and move into the national forest you know on the edge of town hardly a hardly cause for celebration but um talk to folks in grand county and arapaho national forest and they're on alert and they're paying attention apparently the rainbow folks send like a scouting party that'll come out and kind of identify a, a final area um they like open meadows they need a water source so they find this no spot and then they you know that's where they're going to gather and no one has really been able to stop them from gathering for 50 years so it's pretty much once they decide where they're going to be that's it all becomes about managing impacts and and you know making sure that community resources natural resources are somewhat protected how soon do you think folks will know when this is happening and where it's going to be um, reading some of the earlier reports, like in 92 and 2006, the last time they were in Colorado, uh, officials seem to know as late as early June, so barely a month ahead of time, um, you know, kind of the exact location is, has been noted. Um, it's interesting. I found some old documents from, from on a website that they have that uh, from a scouting report when they were trying to figure out where in Colorado they wanted to go and they ended up in Route County um, in 2006 uh, in the Route National Forest. Um, but they also looked at Grand County in the Arapahoe and identified a number of spots. So there's some spots, you know, Ute Park and Buffalo Park out, out by uh, Kremling. And um, there's some different locations that they've identified in Grand County before. So I wouldn't be surprised if they picked those as spots mm-hmm. that they'd return this summer. So it sounds like it's it actually could be kind of fun to uh, take a week off and uh, go camping in the national <laughs> grounds. But um, so can anyone join this rainbow family? Yeah, they're open to all. It's all about peace, love, <laughs> harmony, respect for nature, that kind of stuff. Good old hippie mentality. Um, I don't know about a good time though. If I go camping, <laughs> I kind of don't want to be around ten thousand people. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's fun. <laughs> Well, thanks. Thanks, Jason, for looking into this. It's it's 
an interesting, strange story that has popped up this week. So I guess we'll find out more once the event actually uh, comes to be. So Yeah, definitely stay tuned. Okay. Well, thanks again, Jason. And if you, if listeners want to catch a story online, it's good. Please go to coloradosun.com. Thanks. Finally, here are a few stories that you should know about today. 30,000 expected at Rainbow Gathering's 50th anniversary in Colorado, sparking wildfire concerns. Arapahoe National Forest and Grand County officials suspect the annual Rainbow Gathering of the tribes could draw tens of thousands to remote federal land, sparking concerns about wildfire and impacts. By Jason Blevins with the Colorado Sun, April 1st, 2022. The Rainbow Gathering of the Tribes plans to return to Colorado this summer to celebrate its 50th anniversary. The weeks-long confab that draws tens of thousands of hippie campers to public lands announced this week that the national gathering of possibly 30,000 would be returning to Colorado. The group's national bacchanal was last in Colorado in 2006 with about 10,000 people camping on Forest Service land in North Route County outside Steamboat Springs. Before that, there were 19,000 strong outside Paonia in 1992. The first national gathering was near Granby in 1972. The Rainbow Gathering has not yet said where in Colorado they plan to land for the late June, early July festival. But in fire-fearing mountain communities already cracking down on camping in crowds, opposition to the event is mounting with a focus on how tens of thousands of people camping together in the woods could spark a wildfire. This post on Reddit, Take Action Against the Rainbow Gathering, spurred 670-plus comments in less than 24 hours. You can guess the tone of those comments. There are no leaders of the Rainbow family. They don't have an HQ or even a formal website. No one to call and ask questions. Today's Rainbow is as loose as any other internet-connected community. They call themselves the largest non-organization of non-members in the world. And they closed their Reddit forum to outsiders on Thursday as hundreds of commenters piled on with less than enthusiastic responses to the 50th annual gathering in Colorado. Many of the group's websites crashed Thursday as news spread of the Colorado events. The loose structure makes it hard for federal land managers and local communities to address impacts and plan for the pending party of hippies. The Forest Service, citing online chatter and posts, suspects the group could be planning to gather in Grand County in June and July. The original 1972 gathering occurred up there, so I think there is some potential desire to come back to Grand County for their 50th, said Reed Armstrong with the Arapahoe and Roosevelt National Forests. Without a leadership structure, the Forest Service has not been able to enforce its rules requiring a permit for gatherings of more than 75 people on public land. The agency typically writes tickets for illegal camping during big rainbow rallies, but obviously rangers don't pen 10,000-plus citations at every gathering. The Rainbow Group has, since the 1970s, argued that it has a right to assemble on public lands. The National Forest has a national incident team that follows the Rainbow family's annual gatherings, which typically peak over the July 4th holiday. Last year's gathering was in the Carson National Forest near Taos, New Mexico. That team, mostly Forest Service law enforcement officers, works with local communities and local police. While the specific location won't be known until the Rainbow family sends a scouting party to find a spot that provides open spaces near a water supply, the Forest Service and Grand County law enforcement are aware of the possible gathering. We bring, historically, a lot of resources to help protect the local community and help reduce the impact on the community and natural resources, Armstrong said. 
In 2006, a scouting report from the Rainbow Gathering explored possibly returning to Grand County and identified a handful of possible locations on Forest Service land, including Church Park, Red Dirt Reservoir, and Buffalo Park. One upside for the Rainbow Gathering impact, the Forest Service knows it's coming. Unlike major wildfires like Cameron Peak and East Troublesome, the two largest wildfires in Colorado history that raged through portions of the Arapaho National Forest in 2020. So we can plan for it and prepare for it, Armstrong said. The impacts, however, can be the same. Slightly different, but the extent of the natural resource impacts can be similar, which is why we bring in an incident management team. Two overdoses, three babies at 1992 gathering. The 2006 gathering in the Route National Forest's Big Red Park near Clark drew 10,000 to 15,000 campers. The Forest Service had 42 members of its National Incident Management Team watching the gathering and reported 218 citations in the weeks before the July 4th holiday peak. By the end of the event, that number would top 500. Forest Service officials told the Denver Post they spent about $800,000 managing the event. The 1992 Rainbow Gathering on the Gunnison National Forest near Overland Reservoir above Paonia drew about 19,000 campers. The National Forest, which compiled a comprehensive report following the event, knew the exact location in early June and began working with about 500 Rainbow family members by the beginning of June. By July 1st, there were 4,000 cars parked in meadows around the reservoir. The 1992 gathering had medical facilities and 35 kitchens spread across about 2,500 acres for the gathering. Campers were dispersed into smaller camps aligned with different values. For example, there was a sister's camp, a fairy camp, a Krishna camp, and many camps for residents of specific areas. There's even an A camp for people who drink alcohol, which is discouraged by the Rainbow family. The report counted 310 traffic violations issued by the Forest Service, Delta County Sheriff's Office, and Colorado State Patrol. The report showed 43 arrests, mostly for traffic issues and drugs. Two people were found dead from a prescription drug overdose. The report showed three babies were born during the gathering. A combination of federal, state, and local agencies reported spending more than $573,000 to manage the event. The Forest Service reported about 500 members of the group remained after everyone left to fill in 200 trenches that had been used as toilets and to plant shrubs and grasses damaged during the gathering. The damage really is minimal and our assessment is no long-term or irreparable damage was done, Forest Service spokesman Matt Glasgow told the Rocky Mountain News after the event. The New York Times wrote about the first gathering near Strawberry Lake above Granby in July 1972. The event, which was on both private and Forest Service land, was billed as a religious festival, and about 3,000 people walked more than seven miles up to the remote location. Colorado's Governor John Love promised to prevent the gathering, but the blockade collapsed as thousands of young people hiked across the mountains to get there, reads the article. Local lawmakers in Grand County hastily assembled rules around sanitation and large gatherings in hopes of blocking the event. A local judge ruled no more participants could climb to the remote parcel in late June, but was ignored. They'll have to carry us out, a determined young girl told a Denver Post reporter, and they won't have enough jails to put us all in. 2022 Rainbow Gathering Could Bring Destruction to Colorado's Forest by Kelsey Nistel, April 1st, 2022, K99. 
Colorado serves as the hub for many different unique festivals and gatherings, ranging in diversity from themes like multi-day music fests to renaissance fairs and even cannabis celebrations. While most of these large gatherings are good for Colorado's economy and tourism, one that's currently planned for this summer has residents feeling a very opposite way. The 2022 Rainbow Gathering is expected to take place in Colorado and is predicted to bring approximately 30,000 people to the Centennial State. The unorganized group gathering has been happening for 50 years and has occurred in Colorado before. Since it has taken place in Colorado previously, including in Route National Forest back in 2006, officials and law enforcement know what to expect, and it's not good. Participants set up camp on public land and the counterculture festival lasts for weeks, sometimes even up to a month long. In years past, the hippies who are a part of Rainbow Gathering have caused extreme damage to Colorado's backcountry and forest lands. This is ironic in that the gathering is aimed to celebrate nature and life, yet the massive crowds wind up leaving the land completely destroyed. Tree branches are broken and used for fires, plus rangers are left to clean up excessive amounts of human and animal waste once the gathering is over. Even when the group has been denied permits in Colorado due to environmental and safety concerns, they've gone forth with the gathering regardless. During their time in Route National Forest, the group tallied up hundreds of violation notices issued by Forest Service officers. Some of these included drug-related charges as well as illegal occupancy and use of a national forest. Although Colorado has been selected as the rumored location for the 2022 gathering, the exact location has yet to be revealed. Some Reddit threads are hinting it could possibly take place somewhere near Walden, Granby, or Golden, but those are just speculations. Another huge worry about the event taking place in the Centennial State is the risk of it poses for fire danger, especially in the backcountry or forest. Plus, in addition to having a negative impact on Colorado's important natural resources, residents are also concerned about the potential of criminals coming to the state. The Rainbow Gathering was held in Carson National Forest in New Mexico last year. Rainbow Family May Infiltrate Grand County This Summer by Tracy Ross, Sky High News, April 1st, 2022. Multiple Colorado newspapers are reporting on the possibility of the Rainbow Family, which bills itself as a loose-knit group without leadership or organization who gather on national forests to discuss political and environmental issues, pray for world peace, and celebrate life, holding its annual gathering in Grand County this summer. The Sky High News spoke with representatives from the Grand County Sheriff's Office, the Grand County Commissioners, and a local fire agency, and were told that, as the family doesn't choose its summer site until a council later in the spring, it is too early to know with any certainty where it will be held. The Sheriff's Office added that it is engaged in preliminary discussion with the United States Forest Service as the event would most likely be on public lands. Our local, state, and federal partners will be prepared should the event materialize, and we will strive to minimize the local impacts it could bring to our community. One Sky High reporter attended the 2006 Rainbow Gathering in Route County and with on-the-ground experience has insights into how these events unfold. We will draw on these insights as we continue reporting on this developing story. In the meantime, we will report on facts in an effort to avoid spreading potentially undue stress in the Grand County community. The U.S. Forest Service is the lead agency in this matter as these events have historically taken place in its jurisdiction. In early March, the Forest Service released a statement saying that should the event take place, 
We will bring in a significant number of additional resources to assist with this event. As the Grand County community continues to recover from the devastating 2020 wildfires and the impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic, the advantage that we have is knowing about this potential event. This gives us ample time to work together to plan and prepare for it. With Rainbow Family Gathering 2022 potentially to be held in Colorado, Forest Service explains what they do to monitor. A location has not been confirmed, but rumors point to the gathering taking place in Grand County, both the Sheriff's Office and U.S. Forest Service acknowledge. Nine News by Louis de Leon, April 2nd, 2022. While it's not yet confirmed, rumors swirling around social media suggest the 50th anniversary of the Rainbow Family Gathering could take place in Colorado, and local and national office officials have taken notice. We are aware of the likelihood of the 2022 World Rainbow Family Gathering happening in Colorado and the possibility it could take place in Grant County, said Grant County Sheriff Brett Schrotlin in a statement. While it is too early to know with any certainty, it is our understanding that historically the location of the gathering is not determined till after their spring council in June. He adds that they're in preliminary discussions with the United States Forest Service as the event would most likely be on public lands. Our local, state, and federal partners will be prepared should the event materialize and we will strive to minimize the local impacts it could bring to our community, the statement read. The Forest Service actually has a specific incident management team to handle monitoring the events while partnering with local law enforcement wherever they take place. Nine News sat down with that team's public information officer to better understand their experience with the group's gatherings and what to expect if it indeed comes to Colorado. What is the Rainbow Family Gathering? Hillary Markin with the Forest Service has been with the National Rainbow Incident Management Team since 2019 and helps monitor the event with their safety plans. So, they're a loose-knit group of people who typically gather on national forests to kind of pray for world peace, celebrate life, discuss political and environmental issues. That's kind of what our understanding is of the group, she said. Reportedly, locals near where the gatherings happen look down on the Rainbow Family Gathering participants because of the amount of time they spend on natural lands. The people within the group have been described as hippies, and hundreds of, violation, and hundreds of violation notices have reportedly been issued by local authorities. The first gathering took place in 1972 in Grand County, suggesting that for its 50th anniversary, the group would set up there again. In 2019, the gathering took place in northern Wisconsin, and there was a gathering in New Mexico in 2021. Come June, Markin said the group will hold its vision council where the location is usually announced. Uh, in recent years, the Forest Service expects anywhere between two and 10,000 people, but Markin says it depends on the location and how easy it is to access that location. We do have criteria that we typically look for when we're working with them. Most of those that have been there before are aware what we're looking for, and they ultimately, you know, they're by and large peaceful group. They want to learn about the local area and work with us to protect it, Markin said. However, a large gathering in a natural forest in Colorado comes with risks, Markin acknowledges. Risks. Typically, a group larger than 75 people would need a special use permit from the Forest Service. But because there's no governing body or a single leader for the gathering, Markin explained that it poses challenges. An organized group that has a leader, you know, then you come to the National Forest and apply for a special use permit, and then we work through the special use design criteria to see, is this event going to be permitted on the National Forest? What kind of stipulations will be put in place? And we issue you a special use permit if we can agree upon the different criteria that we're looking for, she explained. Instead, they treat the gathering as an incident.
Just like we would for a fire or all other risk incidents, we bring in an incident management team that's familiar with how these work and really focus on protecting the natural resource and protecting the visitors that are on the National Forest, Markin said, acknowledging the environmental risks that come with a large gathering in the forest. Trees are always a big concern of where is all this waste going to go, and so we've got design criteria of how to deal with those waste. How far away from water sources, all of that, those specifics go in to try to protect the natural resources. And then we have our law enforcement officers and our resource protection folks out there making sure that they're complying with that design criteria, Markin explained. Like, what areas would we say no to if the Rainbow family would like to go to a certain area? There may be a protected area or wilderness or something like that, and we would restrict them from going there. Regarding wildfire concerns, Markin says they're usually prepared for a fire risk, and staff is heightened when there is a fire risk. Depending on what the fire danger level is, we have fire staff happening on the forest just naturally. That's an automatically occurring thing. But we know we have an incident happening. If we know that fire danger is higher, we will set up that staffing level so we're connected, she said. Markin brought up an example from 2019 when her team explained to gathering goers about milkweed, an important plant to the monarch butterfly, and she recalled several members going around trying to protect those plants. When it comes to parking, Markin explained that the event turns into a sort of traffic operation. So that's a big thing when they do choose a location is thinking about parking and traffic flow for the incident. You know, if it's a one-way in and a one-way out situation, where is it safe for cars to park to maintain ingress and egress in and out of that location? So we put up no parking signs, so it becomes kind of a traffic management thing, she said, adding that they make sure a path for emergency vehicles is available. While the team has prepared year after year, they usually don't get much notice where exactly the gathering is planned. The guessing game. As officials keep a close eye as to where the event will be, Markin said it's usually pretty difficult to pinpoint in advance. And so it's really challenging to decipher what's real and what's not when you're reading the different sites and areas until they actually put out the, you know, this is where Vision Council decided on and here's where we're going to land. You don't get much information, she said. Markin shared a story of 23 19, where they had established the incident management team at a spot they thought they would be, but were actually 50 miles away since the group had moved at the last second. And they chose a great spot where they ended up, but we were planning for them to be about 50 miles to the south originally, and then they came up north further, Markin said. Overall, Markin said a plan will be in place for when the group announces its location. We work with the forest where this incident is going to occur, and we put a resource protection plan in place as if it was a special use permit, she said. Let's start with this. Who is the Rainbow family, and what's the big deal? So they are a loose-knit group of people um, who typically gather on national forests to kind of um, pray for world peace, celebrate life, um, discuss political and environmental issues. That's Hillary Markin is with the Forest Service's incident management team specifically formed to follow them. They expect anywhere between two and 10,000 people to show up for the annual summer gathering. The last time they were in Colorado, 2006 in Route County. One of the few ways that people could keep up with the group was through a subreddit that's been set to private. But the Forest Service is preparing for it to possibly end up in Colorado once again, specifically Grand County, where the first ever gathering happened in 1972. For them, the exact location is sort of a guessing game every year. But it makes it really challenging for us to plan to work with them um, to get a resource protection plan on the ground. But when the plan is set, they always treat it as an incident. Just like we would a fire um, or other all-risk incident, um, we bring in an incident management team that's familiar with how these work and really focus on protecting the natural resources 
and protecting the visitors that are um, on the National Forest. A main concern is a bunch of people in one spot of the forest when Colorado's wildfire behavior has kicked up in recent years. If we know that fire danger is higher, we will up that staffing level. So we're connected. We call kind of resource protection officers out there on the ground that work with them. We try to educate them. Um, to, again, it's all about protecting the natural resources um, that they're utilizing for this gathering and leaving as minimal impact as possible. That's the understanding of both the Forest Service and Grand County Sheriff that there's something called the Spring Vision Council that's held around in mid-June, and that's where exactly the location is announced for where the gathering will be. Officials keep a close eye on that, and then they deploy resources as soon as they know. Steve, they also treat this in part as a traffic operation, putting up no parking signs, among other things. Yeah, no parking for this. And at this point, Luis, they must know that law enforcement knows about this. They certainly do. Not a surprise anymore. It's what the Forest Service calls a non-sanctioned event. Basically, groups bigger than 75 people have to get a special use permit, but because there's no one single leader or really a governing body for this, it's hard for them to really plan or implement that, so they prepare for the gathering instead. It will be interesting to watch their response. Luis de Leon, thank you. The Rainbow Family Gatherings, they started in Colorado dozens of years ago. This year, it'll reportedly be back. And we spoke to an attendee who says that they're going or they're planning rather on having 80,000 people gather in one of our forest lands. Listen to what he had to say about what this event is all about. And we call ourselves a family, though we're not related by blood. We're, we're related by our common goal and our common interest in prayer for world peace because that is what the rainbow gathering is entirely centered around Paris show has been to rainbow family gatherings for 12 years now he along with thousands of others they typically gather for an entire week this year they plan to do that between july 1st and july 7th they say they haven't chosen the forest land they plan to gather in just yet but they have chosen our state and despite being an event focused on quote praying for world peace these gatherings they've been controversial in the past coloradans who've gotten word about the gathering being here say they worry about that wildfire danger even cleanliness but Parisho says these are concerns that are currently being worked out. We do a lot of liaison work with the National Forest Service, both with the law enforcement end and with the uh, the natural resource end to make sure that we're um, being careful of uh, sensitive environments in the area that we're going to be in, whether that be wildlife, uh, plant life, or uh, a, a fragile water source. So we reached out to the U.S. Forest Service. They heard about the gathering potentially being in Grand County and said in part, quote, this is not a permitted or sanctioned event. The Rainbow family has consistently refused to comply with the permit process during national gatherings. We want to assure the community that we are working with our partners and cooperators to prepare for the possibility of a large extended gathering in Colorado. And we also reached out to Grand County officials as well as state officials. Both say they are aware of the possibility of this event being in our state. They say they plan to ramp up these coordinated efforts with other agencies as we get closer to that expected gathering date, which again is in July. In Denver, I'm Veronica Acosta, September 7. The Economics of the Rainbow Family of Living Light by Patrick Brower for Sky High News, April 9th, 2022. There's a business angle to the imminent return of the Rainbow Family of Living Light to Grand County this summer. Press reports and hearsay are stating that the family is planning a 50-year reunion of its first gathering in Grand County, which took place in June and July of 1972. 
That gathering, which has also become known as the Strawberry Festival, because much of it took place at Strawberry Bench, has achieved the status of near-mythical folklore among the legends of Grand County's past. And now the Rainbow family is coming back. As they say, past is prelude. The gathering was resonant all over the state and the region. Remember, 1972 was a year that some would say was the peak of the hippie era in America. Yes, the 60s are known for the, as the hippie decade, but it was the early 70s when hippiedom and all of its counterculture splendor really consumed the American consciousness. Based on the press reaction and coverage I've seen this week, it still consumes the American and regional consciousness. The Forest Service is worried about permitting, local government is worried about the big crowds if they even arrive in large numbers, and the world in general is freaked out, to coin a phrase from that era. This pre-event freakout isn't dissimilar to what happened here 50 years ago. The festival back then was billed as a gathering of peace where the event-goers would participate in a 4,000-year-old peace dance based on Native American traditions with the spirits of the dead all to be fulfilled at Lake Granby, coined as the center of the universe. A crowd would ohm in unison at the given sunrise moment and world peace would be enhanced. At least that was the idea. I get the impression that it was mostly a good-spirited and well-intentioned gathering that was all about peace, love, and understanding. But the fear and anxiety news of the gathering then provoked made it seem like Attila the Hun had announced an impending invasion of the county. Petitions were circulated urging then-Governor John Love to stop the hippie picnic, the so-called Universal Life Church Meeting of Peace. People believed that 140,000 hippies would descend on the county. A total of 548 people signed the petition. The gathering was ultimately permitted, but with strict limitations on crowd sizes on public land and times of activities. If it wasn't for Granby, Granby local Paul Geisendorfer, who offered land his family owned in Granby and at Strawberry Bench, a private national forest in holding owned by his family, for the longer gatherings and camping, the Strawberry Festival might have been a colossal flap. Flop. But it wasn't, and it's still talked about today, even without a reunion event. Good for business? Yes. Once again, Grand County's gotten lots of free publicity in regional and national news. You can't buy that kind of viral exposure. Will these hippies bring money to spend? Well, not all of them. But remember, the hippies of yesterday are in some cases the investment bankers, Silicon Valley millionaires, and top-level bureaucrats of today. They just might bring money, and they just might want to lease and use some of our abundant short-term rentals and condos. We know that not all these types will be rich, but they will come and enjoy our landscape. I hope in a non-impactful way. We'll see. Perhaps local merchants can come up with Rainbow Family and Strawberry Festival-themed merchandise. Tacky, I know, but it's one idea. And now I wonder about the infamous motorcycle gang riot and celebration that shut down Grand Lake for two days in early July of 1975. Will those gangs seeing the Rainbow's return come back to relive the crazy days of their youth? It might not be bad, because Harley-Davidson riders today are more likely to be orthodontists and business professionals than the rough-and-tumble gang members of yesteryear. Let's start planning now. Grand County Commissioners Release Statement on Rainbow Gathering Tracy Ross, Sky High News, April 13, 2022 the Grand County Board of County Commissioners sent a statement to the Sky High News upon request Wednesday, April 13th, that says the board 
has been made aware by the U.S. Forest Service that the 2022 Rainbow Family Gathering could occur in Grand County, that it will not make allowances for an unpermitted event on public land by the USFS, and that it does not support the gathering. In a phone call regarding the statement, District 2 Commissioner Merritt Linke said he had talked to some of the Forest Service high-ups and that they don't feel there is much support to oppose the gathering. He said that's because the Rainbows could go somewhere else to a more remote area that would have less backup than Grand County does. Kind of the consensus unofficially is that they're coming and we can do the best we can to prepare, even though we won't know if they will come until the last minute, Linky added. But they're a very unstructured group with no legal status or organized structure. They're not an official church group and they don't have any true leadership, so preparing in advance would be hard to do. When asked what the county will do to prepare should they learn definitively that the rainbows are coming, Linky said, A lot of it from the county side has to do with trying to get extra personnel and costs covered. The rainbows are bad about paying bills like EMS response or hospitalization. We'll also need additional law enforcement services, which is money out of Grand County taxpayers' pockets. So we're trying to make sure the Forest Service will help us with some federal funding. And really, in terms of managing it, it's making sure we can call on our neighboring counties. There are lots of mutual aid agreements with sheriffs and municipal departments across the state, so that seems our best bet. Word circulating around the state is that the Rainbow family is coming to Grand County this summer to celebrate the 50th anniversary of its first gathering, which took place at Strawberry Lake. Historically, the family has waited until mid-June to send a scouting party to potential gathering sites. Linky said they can't legally hold a gathering on Strawberry Lake anymore because it's in a national recreation area which forbids such gatherings. The statement also said, We hear and share our community's concern about the potential for this highly concentrated and localized event on USFS lands. At the scale discussed by the USFS, if the gathering takes place here, it could bring additional wildfire risk to the community due to prolonged drought and the magnitude of fuels from beetle-killed trees, grasses, and undergrowth. Grand County has been significantly impacted by recent wildfires that burned more than 225,000 acres of our land, destroyed nearly 400 homes, and burned all four watershed basins. These burn areas are still in the early phases of recovery, with anticipated additional flood-after-fire threats this summer. Updates will follow as the BOCC learn more from the Forest Service, the statement said. How the U.S. Forest Service is preparing for the Rainbow Family's 50th anniversary festivities in Colorado. The federal agency launched an incident management team to deal with the potential conflict. By Sam Tabachnik, The Denver Post, April 18, 2022. Confused about the Rainbow Family and the group's possible 50th anniversary celebration in Colorado this summer? The U.S. Forest Service has you covered and is mobilizing a national incident management team to handle the potential festivities. Word has trickled out in recent weeks about the hippie group's possible month-long celebration in Colorado, prompting federal authorities to launch a website with all the vitals on the Rainbow Family of Living Light and their quirky festivities. The Forest Service also launched the Incident Management Team to work with the local community and law enforcement to protect the health and safety of everybody involved and to lessen environmental impacts to the site by providing information and enforcing laws. 
The group, whose members say they stand for peace and love, celebrated their inaugural festival in 1972 near Strawberry Lake outside Granby. Since that first gathering, the Rainbow family has come together annually on different national forest lands with crowds ranging from 2,000 to 10,000 visitors. Vice once called the festivities a weird version of Burning Man, mixing bikers, Jesus freaks, computer programmers, naked yogis, and gutter punks looking to escape the thralls of everyday life. Past gatherings in Colorado led to trespassing and illegal camping charges and reported drug use. The gathering usually coincides with the 4th of July, the Forest Service said, but the event's specific location and time frame is not typically revealed to the federal agency until mid-June, after the group's spring council. A final location for this year's celebration has not been set, the Forest Service said. The Rainbow Family Group consistently refused to comply with permitting laws for previous gatherings, according to the Forest Service. They claim to have no leaders and no one member of the family who can speak for the group to sign a permit on behalf of the family, the federal agency said on its website. The Forest Service put together a resource protection plan to ensure environmental damage is minimized and stipulates that the Rainbow Family clean up the area after the festivities. But people can expect socially unacceptable behavior from some of the attendees, the Forest Service warned, including public nudity, civil disobedience, drug and alcohol abuse, and confrontations between rainbows and locals. Statement on the United States Forest Service webpage, 2022 Rainbow Family of Living Light National Gathering, as of April 19, 2022. The Rainbow Family of Living Light plans to hold its 50th anniversary gathering on a national forest this summer, possibly in Colorado. The Rainbow Family is a loose-knit group of people from throughout the United States and other countries who gather annually on a national forest. Since the first gathering near Strawberry Lake on the Arapaho National Forest in 1972, the incident has taken place on a different national forest each year. Crowds typically range from 2,000 to 10,000 forest visitors. While there have been indications on social media and the web that the group desires to return to the Arapaho National Forest for its 50th anniversary, the specific location and time frame of the National Gathering is not typically revealed to the Forest Service until mid-June, when the Rainbow Family holds a Spring Council. The gathering usually coincides with the 4th of July, with peak activity in the days immediately before and after the holiday. In response, the USDA Forest Service mobilizes a national incident management team with experience managing these types of incidents. The team works closely with the local community, including law enforcement agencies, throughout the incident to protect the health and safety of everyone involved and to lessen environmental impacts to the site by providing information and enforcing laws. The Forest Service requires a special use permit for every public group of 75 people or more conducting a meeting or event on National Forest System lands. The Rainbow Family has consistently refused to comply with the permit process during national gatherings. They claim to have no leaders and no one member of the family who can speak for the group to sign a permit on behalf of the family. The Forest Service has periodically cited Rainbow Family members for failing to obtain a permit. However, in the interest of public health and safety, the Forest Service puts together a resource protection plan including specific design criteria to ensure sensitive resources are protected, environmental damage is minimized, and it stipulates post-event cleanup and rehabilitation of the incident location conducted by the Rainbow Family. 
An event of this size can have significant impacts on traffic, communities, local resources, residents, and visitors. Local businesses can expect to see large numbers of Rainbow Family participants visiting stores and buying food and supplies along routes to the gathering site. Forest and county roads in the selected area may become congested during the incident, and road closures and or traffic detours may occur on the selected national forest. Contact. Public information, questions, and concerns. Email sm.fs.rainbowimt at usda.gov. Phone 970-364-2201. Frequently asked questions. What is the Rainbow Family of Living Light? The Rainbow Family is a loose-knit group of people who gather on national forests to discuss political and environmental issues, pray for world peace, and celebrate life. They describe themselves as having no leaders and no organization. What is the National Gathering? The Rainbow Family holds a national gathering once a year. Since 1972, the event has taken place on a different national forest during the July 4th holiday and has fluctuated in size. In recent years, national gatherings have attracted approximately 2,000 to 10,000 people. Local and regional gatherings occur during other times of the year. How does the Rainbow Family decide where to gather? At the end of each annual gathering, members form a vision council which meets to discuss the location of the next year's event. During the following year, a spring council meets to determine the final location of the national gathering. At the 2022 spring council, the Rainbow family will agree on where the gathering will be held. Final locations have not yet been set. How and when is the specific site selected? During the spring and early summer, Rainbow Family Scouts research and visit areas to find a suitable site according to their standards. Scouts may visit local Forest Service offices requesting information and maps. In mid-June, the Spring Council occurs, often at the location of the annual gathering. The specific place and time is not revealed to the Forest Service until it happens. What resource impacts may occur? Possible resource impacts include compacted soil, water quality degradation, sanitation issues, disturbances to sensitive archaeological sites, disruptions to threatened and endangered plant and animal species, and fire danger. When does the National Gathering begin? Within one week of the Spring Council, about 1,000 to 2,000 attendees arrive on site. The crowd grows, often reaching 2,000 to 10,000 people by July 4th. Once the site is determined, the Rainbow Family uses the Internet and other communication methods to let Rainbow Family members know the location and directions to the site. When does the gathering end? The event peaks on July 4th. After that, attendance declines drastically. However, a group of rainbows stay to clean up and rehabilitate the site. Other people may also remain for a couple of weeks. How does a large group, potentially 2,000 to 10,000 people, live in the woods? As soon as Rainbow Family members select a site, they set up a welcome tent, camping and social areas, parking and shuttle areas, health care areas, and several outdoor kitchens. They develop water sources and dig trench latrines. There is no fee for attendance, but they collect donations for food and other necessary items for distribution. They designate special areas for group gatherings, families with children, men, women, and party goers, to name a few. Attendees are advised to bring their own camping gear. Family members use campfires exclusively to cook. Did the Rainbow Family get a permit? No.
Why is the Forest Service cooperating with an event that doesn't have a permit? The Forest Service requires a special use permit for every group of 75 or more people conducting a meeting or event on National Forest System lands. The Rainbow family has consistently refused to comply with the permit process during national gatherings since they claim to have no leaders and no one member who can speak for the group or sign a permit on behalf of the family. The Forest Service has periodically cited Rainbow Family members for failing to obtain a permit. However, the agency also works with the family to adhere to a resource protection plan in lieu of a special use permit to protect the health and safety of individuals at the gathering and in the surrounding community to ensure sensitive resources are protected, to minimize any environmental damage, and to coordinate post-event cleanup and rehabilitation of the event site. Why can the Rainbow Family members camp for more than 14 days? Most of our national forests have a 14-day camping limit, including both developed sites, developed campgrounds, and dispersed sites, non-developed campgrounds or sites. The majority of participants will not be at the event for more than 14 days. It would be impossible to track thousands of individuals and their stay lengths. What social impacts are expected? The Rainbow Family represents a very diverse group of individuals. As with any large population, a certain percentage of gathering participants can be expected to engage in illegal or socially unacceptable behavior. Some activities may include public nudity, civil disobedience, drug and alcohol abuse, confrontations between rainbows and locals, abandoned or disabled vehicles, and traffic, congestion, and parking for 4,000 to 7,000 vehicles. Can the rainbows use campfires if fire restrictions are in place? The participants must abide by all local, state, and federal laws, including fire restrictions. How does the Forest Service manage this event? The Rocky Mountain region is currently creating a national incident management team. NIMT objectives will include address health and safety risks to the public and participants, minimize environmental impacts with law enforcement presence and action, recognize and mitigate social and political impacts, respect civil rights of all members of the public. Management of the event is being fully integrated with local officials. The incident management team is working in partnership with state, county, and local law enforcement, health, and other organizations. Informational meetings involving the NIMT, the Forest Service, federal, state, and local agencies and entities will occur as needed. Where possible, the local forest also assists Rainbow members in locating potentially suitable sites for their gatherings before they occur. Is Resource Protection Plan in place? A Resource Protection Plan is currently being issued with the following primary goals. Protecting public health and safety, minimizing resource impacts and leaving the site at or near pre-gathering conditions, reducing effects on and disruption to local communities, adjacent landowners, and other special use permittees. Issues addressed in the Resource Protection Plan include designating parking areas to facilitate traffic flow, locating camps, kitchens, and slit trenches away from water sources, removing trash, and rehabilitating the site after the gathering. Who will rehabilitate the area after the gathering? The Rainbow Family is responsible for site rehabilitation. Guidelines are outlined in, the, outlined in the Resource Protection Plan. At past events, many individuals have stayed to assist in site cleanup and have paid for trash disposal with a local vendor. Forest Service officials anticipate this will occur again this year. What role does the state and county play in this event? 
Event management is being fully integrated with local officials, including all tribal, federal, state, county, and local law enforcement agencies, as well as emergency service organizations, public health departments, and social services. Are special closure orders in effect? The forest may issue special closure orders to protect the health and safety of visitors and or natural resources that could be impacted by the incident. Will the area be open to the public? Yes. However, all National Forest visitors must obey federal, state, and local laws and regulations. The Forest Service takes the enforcement of these laws very seriously. The gathering may impact the community, neighbors, and other forest visitors. The Forest Service will work hard to minimize any negative effects to local communities and the environment. Does the Forest Service test the water? The Forest Service does conduct water quality testing as part of the regular monitoring procedures. If during those tests the data indicates there is a problem, the appropriate health departments will be contacted. What makes the Forest Service think the event may occur in Colorado or Grand County? The Rainbow Family held its first gathering 50 years ago at Strawberry Lake on the Arapaho National Forest. The Forest Service is aware, based on information posted on various websites and social media used by Rainbow Family members, that the 2022 National Rainbow Family Gathering could occur in Colorado, possibly on the Arapaho National Forest, in recognition of the 50th anniversary. The specific site or time frame is typically not known until the group holds its spring council in June. Let's watch a full-length movie with Mike Spiegelman here on MutinyRadio.fm, where we stream live every Sunday at 2 p.m. Today is November 10th, 2019, and my name is Mike Spiegelman. November 4. No. Let's try this again. (laughs) Today is Sunday, November 10th. 2019. How do you do that? You just slam a time machine. It's great. I love it. Don't call attention. This is pre-recorded. I'm here uh, live in the studio, in the flesh, Carl. Right. And I'm in Georgia at a wedding. <laughs> That's where you're going to be. Well, we want to welcome to the show. How do I explain? How do we explain the premise? Mm, right. Yes. What is? I mean, you hear "Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube," and you just don't know. You what think, does it mean? man, I should rip that idea off. Well, go ahead. I dare you. <laughs> You're not the first. We stole it first. Yeah. We, we, we came up with the idea to steal it first. Uh, or you did. Enough bitter grapes. We were going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. The idea is that these are movies that we read about. Never got to see it until they got posted on YouTube. Some of them are so special 
that it's impossible to watch on your own. They're so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hey, uh, not to change the subject, what movie are we watching today? Wait, aren't you going to do the L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-G blogspot.com and all that? Yes. We want you to subscribe uh, our podcast. So go to your podcast machine. Simply type in L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's the name of our Twitter account. That's the name of our YouTube account. Uh, our Facebook is Let's Watch Full Length Movie on YouTube. And we're on Blogspot. Let's Watch Full Length Movie on YouTube.blogspot.com. Not been uh, updated. Anyway, what can I tell you about that? So, uh, Carl, what is the movie we're going to watch today? Try, stop delaying okay. it. Let's watch this already. All right, we are going to watch Cars Life 2. C A R apostrophe S Life 2. Uh, and I recommend Night Owl. All right, with let's three see. L's. Ooh. Okay, there's Night Owl, three L's. Cars Life 2 from DVD Rip. Mm-hmm. So many things wrong with that. <laughs> Full this... movie in parentheses Cars Life 2, apostrophe S. And hosted by Night Owl. Oh, Owl. I gotta say that I know this movie because it is a staple. If you have premium cable and you have like the multiple channels, it, they tend to fill out the day by airing not a Bug's Life, not Cars 2, <laughs> a Cars Life 2. Right. Oh my God, that sounds so odious. <laughs> oh boy. So you watched this, huh? Oh yeah. And you took meticulous notes. <laughs> I took notes, all right. This movie is like the bottom of the pile. Like I, I, I have a, I have a movie in my mind which will be our final movie, but this would mm-hmm. be our penultimate movie in my list of things. You know, like we're wrapping it up. We just don't give a shit. Let's watch a Car's Life too. <laughs> oh man. Well, we've watched Godfather. We've watched Terminator. We've we've done. Yeah, we the, watched some good movies, but not tonight. This ain't one of them. Oh, speaking of which, I accidentally hit the wrong button. Uh, as we chit chat, I am getting ready to uh, get our countdown prepared. Should have done this before okay. I walked in. Wouldn't that be better? There's so many different yeah, movie well, choices on well, here. Well, oh, I did it again. I keep hitting futz. Let's watch. A- we don't want to watch futz. <laughs> Futz is one of the movies that's on our YouTube channel. Well, we have. Yeah. We're going to do the countdown. Normally, we do this in person with Paul Brumbaugh, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, able body mouth breather before us, but he is the not here. The countdown king. So uh, I got a demo. So, so let's listen to the countdown king's Paul's intro. And when he gives you the cue, go ahead. We want you to get Cars Life 2 ready. You have it Buffered paused. Up. Buffered up. Zero, 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 zero. And when Paul gives you the go-to, go to it. As soon as we're done buffering. All right, so let's get this started. I am I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to Brumba. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to Brumba. Okay, so let's get ready to Brumba. And now, what you've all been waiting for, master of the descending numerals, the countdown king himself. Would you please welcome Mr. Paul Brumbaugh? All right, guys, you know the drill. Put that finger right over that triangle and do it in three, two, two one, one, go. go. 
All right. Thank you, Paul Brumba. We are launched. Yes. Spark plug. It looks like a pile of poop on top of pancakes. On <laughs> <laughs> top of pancakes. Yeah. Where else would poop be? Oh, this looks uh, realistic. I thought this was an animated movie. This is real life. Wow. Here comes our hero, the not red lot, car. Not a lot of traffic today. Well, the interstate isn't coming through, you see. And that's going to be part of the uh, plot. The interstate's going to come through. No, we don't. Oh, no. Everyone speeds. Really? No. She's gonna learn sooner or later. These are cars talking, by the way. This is in like puppets. They're driving like four miles per hour. Yeah, because Dad wants to go the speed limit. Uh, so let's. Uh, you've seen the movie Cars? Maybe Cars Two, Cars Three. The logic between the the world is is baffling, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Like they have these uh, racing lots. Where the bleachers are can fit parked cars, right? And one car has a, of course, one famous car has a mattress tied to its top. For who? So I, I couldn't tell you, but see, if there was no Cars movie, no Cars two movie, no Cars three movie, this movie would not exist because this guy, his name is Michael Shelp. And he's CEO of Sparkplug Entertainment. And he basically, whatever Pixar's doing or whatever the animated hit is, he makes his own titled version. It's his own movie, right. but with the same title. So can I guess uh, with a couple? A, with a knockoff title. Can I guess a couple of his movies? Oh, okay. So um, you have An Ant's Life. What's that based on? A Bug's Life. You have Spider's Web, A Pig's Tail. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Charlotte's Web? Is it Charlotte's yeah. Web? Oh, you yeah. have, Big um, you, you have Plan B. Plan B. Oh, that's when he knocked up his wife and they weren't really expecting to have kids, so she took this pill. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, of course, that's the B movie. There's Piper Penguin and his fantastic flying machines. Wait, wait, back up. Plan B is a ripoff of the B movie? Yeah, B-E-E, <laughs> 2007. Ooh. There's Frankie Stein. Uh-huh. This is Frankie Weenie. There's Operation Dalmatian. Right. Is it that 101 Dalmatians? Toys Going Wild. Oh, yeah, that's where uh, Woody takes his shirt off. <laughs> yeah, that's right. For the Adventures beads. of Scooter the Penguin. And me, Christmas. I don't know. He's just, uh, he's shameless about it. He's not embarrassed about it at all. Oh, well, I mean, kids gotta be got to be entertained. It's Walmart and Kmart. You already mentioned uh, Star's Premium Cable Channel. Yeah, I saw this movie like every hour on the hour, mm-hmm. which is yep. baffling because there's nothing to look at. I know. <laughs> God damn it, Dad. Can't you fucking pull over? <laughs> oh, right. Sparky, the language. Yeah, it's Sparky. That's exactly right. And Sparky is actually played uh, by, by nobody. somebody by a no by a big deal. The rest of them are nobodies. Sparky's a big deal. Yes, yeah, Sparky was. Uh, her name is Corrine. 
Corrine Orr. Corrine? And she was Trixie in Speed Racer in the 60s. Oh, no shit. She's been on over 200 animated movies, a thousand commercials. She's the Snuggie, you know, fabric softener, Snuggie the bear. She's oh, Snuggie. Yeah. I want to hug that bear so fucking much. I can't even tell you. Yeah. You talk about the fabric softener bear? Great. Oh, my yeah. God. I just, the way he great. laughs, I just want to squeeze the shit out of that bear. <laughs> Stop it. You're suffocating me, Mike. Oh, you're my favorite talking bear. Do you Not think- just Trixie, but she was also uh, Speed's little brother, Spurtle. Oh, yeah. And all the female voices oh. in that show. So she wasn't good enough to be Racer X then, huh? Or other, his other brother. She has a female voice. She was featured as an announcer in the live-action film. She wasn't oh. Trixie. Have you it seen the live-action live action movie? <laughs> That's right. I have seen it. It was fun. That's two hours. Fucking just relentless. It did. You're right about that. I, I say it was fun, and it was in retrospect. But during it, it was like, is this thing going to end? It's numbing. It's so numbing. It's like bright colors and flashiness, and I just get like... Yeah. Yeah. That track was... Like, that track was great the first 15 minutes, right? It was right. a big show. But then when you were in it over and over and but over... But they would, they would do the same effects as from the cartoon show, and you go, hey, guys, this is like an hour and 40 minutes into this movie. Enough. Enough. You should have done that in the first five minutes. Stop. All we're missing right now is grouchiness between the father and son. Um, The father is, you know, the father loves the son, uh, but the son just f***s him and drives him crazy. He wants to drive fast. He wants Route 40 to come through because he can drive fast on on the highway. Right. So basically the father's saying, okay, you want independent... Take this side road and meet us at the gas station. And here's a joke turtle. We'll see this turtle. A hundred million times, huh? Will he ever cross the road? <laughs> yes. Oh, that reminds me of There's the gas station. It's that's from cars. 50- that's the cars. That's where cars, cars. That's, that's where they gas up. 50 years. There's 50 um, years this gas pump, this animatronic gas pump has been sticking this shit into cars. <laughs> That's right. Uh, hang on, I'm not done yet. I said I'm not uh, done yet. Pump, pump, pump. Uh, right uh, now he's banging the sheriff. <laughs> uh, it's always he's, gulp, gulp. Thank you, bub. <laughs> <laughs> Never a hug See, there's with. this um, bad car named Diesel, and there's a running gag throughout. They will go to report Diesel. Like, they'll call the police, and it's like, well, I'm not here right now. Leave a message with this stereotypical Irish voice. Oh, and the Irish cop? Then, yeah. And then the answering machine goes, beep, leave your message. And then it's like, thank you for leaving a message. It cuts them off. The running joke stuff. <sighs> Fucking okay. cops. This, uh, this girl here is in love with uh, another car. And another car is in love with the girl. So there'll be a subplot throughout in which he wins the girl over. Why is there a fucking landline lying on the asphalt? I know. And when the phone rings, he goes, hello. He doesn't pick up the phone. He just starts talking to it. <laughs> right. You'll so, see. Yes. Well, maybe you won't because we're not really going to listen very much. Oh, okay, so here's the boss. The dad is the boss. And, who got and the, the yellow change? car is like... Yeah. The yellow car is the young daughter. 
The good, the good child. Right, the good child, because she's still little. And but Sparky's an asshole. It's, we're we're giving up right. on Sparky. He's the fifteen-year-old, sixteen-year-old. Ah, oh, the worst. When cars turn fifteen, they're so fucking obnoxious. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> hey, so this is a cartoon, huh? Cartoon. <laughs> it's Wolfman Jack. I'm playing on your cartoons. Playing some cartoons. We just mentioned Wolfman Jack in the last one. I know. I brought it up. Love. Well, yeah. I, if you are listening sequentially, last week we promised that this week's movie would have been a different cartoon called Tarzoon: Shame of the Jungle. Yeah. We watched the trailer, and we're not we're not even going to bother. It's just so racist. It's racist. You know, you mm-hmm. can't do you can't do a parody of Tarzan apparently without just going full on racist. Well, it was 75, 1975, so that was more acceptable. Right. People would still get up in arms, but the majority, oh, you're being sensitive. You know, you're, so. you're, it's parody of the stereotypes, that type of uh, bullshit. Right. It's a parody of the stereotypes. We're making fun of it as much as you. We grew up on Tarzan That's movies. That's not the truth. There is another no. animated uh, Tarzan movie from that, that time period, which I think... Another like comedy celebrity did the voices for, but mm-hmm. and I couldn't watch it. Like some movies, like this is intriguing. You got cars, and you got telephones, and you got pumps. You got everything <laughs> you need in a movie. But that was just like it just looked like yeah. George of the Jungle. Not real. I like George of the Jungle. Okay, I want you to know that this blue car is the banker. Oh. And the father's apologizing for not paying the mortgage on time. Just things have been tough. Things have been tough. And so we're just mortgage. getting set up for things are tough and there's a bank involved. I thought this was a kid's movie. Why are cars talking about mortgages? Well, that's one of the weird things about this Michael Schlepp. Um, he is making kids' films, but he doesn't do the boundaries of nicey nice stuff. As a matter of fact, in our Act 3, uh, you know, ticking time bomb moment, uh, the, the peril is that they're going to die. Ooh, cool. Yeah. I, so I listened to something called Bear Lizard Radio, and they were actually complimenting this Michael Schlepp. They called him an arco-capitalist of filmmakers who has no boundaries. Um, Great, I'll tell you that. He's good at making them bad. He's shameless because you know what he's knocking off. But he makes extremely complex villains, and he does dark, dark children's stories. Characters die. They get mutilated. uh, And they're praising that. (laughs) And one thing they praise is that even though the title is a knockoff, it is their own story. I guess so. I don't really see much of a story. I oh, it's a living. They're right, and here's the um, good, the good car, the good kid. The, oh yeah, the good kid. Yeah, and she is looking for a ramp, and right now she's like too small, too big. Oh, yawning. So there happens to be doors lying around rocks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and she's like, and no, she's gonna Goldilocks right. find one that's just right. Oh, there's that turtle. Fucking kid. I guess this is Arizona. Is it? I, it could it's be not a part Nevada, of Arizona, Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico, is, but I think it's Arizona. It's like bedrock. 
down in bedrock. Bam, bam, bam. This is the Flintstones neighborhood. They just built a gas station. <laughs> no, everything would be made out of rocks. There's no metal in Flintstones world. Is there anything else happening in this town other than this gas station? Uh, we don't see it. There is the bank. There is the police yeah. station. Uh-huh. And, the hospital uh, where they, they resuscitate. <laughs> okay, finally, uh, the teenager who took the sh- long cut, is that the opposite of a shortcut? Yes. Finally is getting home, and he's like, oh, I'm tired. I need a car <laughs> wash. Oh, uh, I need a car job, if you know what I'm saying, a rib job. What? Wink, wink. A rib job for my asshole. I mean, asshole. I'm not very good at this innuendo. <laughs> oh, a bunch of gear, metalheads, gearheads. Okay. I'm a hybrid. <laughs> oh. How do you like El Coche so far? It's great. I met the nicest coop out of Route 9. Okay, so he has fallen in love uh-huh. with the girl who's in love with another guy. It seems like Shaft or something like that. And he's new in town because they're building a ramp to I-40, which the father is not happy about. And the kid loves because it'll be a... So he's saying, you're taking too long of a shower. And he he was a jerk and he turned on the cold water on his nice kid. Sometimes you got to do that, you know. I guess so. Yeah, listen, when your kid's in the car wash for too long, you got to change the water to cold. Now, they're having a fight now because the kid wants a GPS. And he's like, oh, you kids with your newfangled devices. And what he's saying is a GPS person knows where they're going, but not where they are. Like, you know, like with GPS, you know, make a left and you make a left. But you're ignorant to where you are. You're not going to remember next time you go. So he's doing old school and the and the son is doing his smart. Let's give it a listen for a second. All right. Well, okay. that'll be easier soon. They're building an access ramp to I-40. Really? Awesome. Now I totally need GPS. You can't always have what you want. Why not? Diesel, what are you doing okay, here? Okay, here's the bad guy. It's a woman named Diesel. She has camouflage army jeep, and she's got guns. Nice. <laughs> well, it's very important to be uh, to be holding a weapon. So she's causing trouble. She's saying, like, you should rate, get your own. Okay, here are the phone rings. That's the running gag. Can never leave a message for the police officer, and the cop never checks his messages. So Diesel is here to stir up trouble, and she's saying to Sparky, why, you know, hey, why don't you get a job and get your own money, and you can raise a jeep right to the father's face, and you don't have to listen to this old, uh, this old fossil. Well, let's listen. And buy one yourself. Excellent idea. I'm starting a new business. Oh, is that Snuggles? Could work for me. No. Mm, no. Uh. Sparky can work here. I can. Sparky is snuggled. I'll pay you 40 bucks a day. Wow. Okay, then. But, Sparky, remember, when you can't stand it anymore... Yes. Give me a call. Boo, bad car. 
So she's the temptress. So, what's my job? Well, you can... Rib job. <laughs> no, that's the dad. Oh, yeah, he wouldn't say that. Telling me. Right. Whoa, he it's wouldn't. daytime already. And not since the jerk has I seen such funny oil cans. And I guess yeah, that was funny. He this, hates those these cans, cans. Are defective. One of the movies you can see on YouTube, and I talked about it on my brother's podcast called Proudly Resents, hardly working with Jerry Lewis, which I think after oh. the jerk came out, he said, "You know what? I'm the fucking king. I can make my own movie." And he has right. his own working at a mechanic uh, oil can bit, and came out the same year. His bit is that he knocks over the cans. Mm-hmm. And the owner looks at him. I really like how Jerry Lewis made that transition from uh, goofy guy to angry old person. You mean on screen? You know or, what I mean? Or backstage? <laughs> well, you know, he was such a jerk. We yeah. all know. Okay, this is a very explosive can of... I don't know why they have it around. It's explosive. Be careful. Oh, right, because it has a big exclamation point. And what's with the circle and, and X? Is that like a PlayStation controller? I don't think so. I think it just means danger. Uh-oh. Whoops. Whoops. He flung his... Sparky. You almost hit the explosive, Sparky. See, you see that? There's a, uh X button and a green circle oh, button. Oh, that's the car wash. Oh. Oh, right. Circle for go and X for stop. Yeah, they're big cars. They can't really, I mean, never mind that the... How do okay, they build these all this are... shit? Oh, there's the phone of mine. Hello, gas and go. Help. Excuse me? Help. I got that part. Your name? I'm Bumper. I ran out of gas. Oh, I'm sorry. Where are you? In I think he sounds of, uh, like John Mulaney. Let's see. The two pines <laughs> campsite? Yeah, you ever notice? Starts <laughs> doing his act. Yeah, that's a weird telephone. They don't have to pick it up, and it's loud. Nope. How did like right. does the car have a car phone? Yes, there are car phones. Yes. So he didn't drive inside a glass phone booth. I. <laughs> so many questions, Carl. Okay, so right now uh, somebody is stuck, and they've run out of gas, and they're at this campsite. So instead of doing the job himself, the father thinks, I'll give my son some responsibility and you can go rescue him. Yeah, bad so right idea. now he's giving him the directions to the campsite. Which and Sparky doesn't give will... a shit. Yeah, whatever, Dad. No, Sparky cares very much. He's going to go help somebody. Sparky's got a gap listening tooth. to his father. It's a chance to prove himself to his dad. Uh, what's the point? His dad's an alcoholic. His dad is not a gasaholic. He's a total gas. Do you see the way he drives? Trash. You smell like gas, Dad. Dad, yeah, you're an embarrassing. I'm an adult car. I can drink what I want. You want to talk about embarrassing? Now, what? there's the ad for the GPS. Only $400. And he's like, $400. Bummer. This is the second... Uh, uh, billboard we saw. The other one just had the number two on it. Yeah, and this one just said three ninety nine with no explanation. <sighs> okay, so here's the first part of the directions. Make okay. a right. 
go down a short road, uh-huh. and then make another right to the campground. But wait a minute. The Two Pines campground sign says go to the left. Now he's like, oh, if I only had a GPS, who do I listen to, the sign or my father? And guess what he picks? His father. Ing- <laughs> incorrect. Uh, here we go. The wrong turn signal. Yeah, see, he's, he's, that's uh, the director's way of showing us that he's conflicted. Oh, it's the evil truck ladies. He changed. Right. Yes. Yeah. She changed diesel. She changed the sign. <sighs> Diesel little... was in, um, her name's Jean Richards. She was in Max Saves the World, 2014. Uh-huh. She was in the Royal Heist, 2017. Well, and then she was Royal in these Heist. Cars Life things. Yeah, so I guess there's more than two, right? And there must have been a real Cars Life one. I was, right. I just imagine this film was like called The Cars Life 2 to maximize confusion. And there was no. No, it was when Cars 2 came out. And when Cars 3 comes out, there is a Cars Life 3. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank God for everyone involved. There's no Cars 4. <laughs> wait, wait. There's, oh, no, I'm thinking of Toy Story. <laughs> yeah. Toy Story, the trilogy that has a fourth movie? Thanks. Right. The fourth, thil- fourth trilogy. The fourth trilogy. Listen, if you were like. Okay. If you were, uh, I don't know, Tom Hanks and this Tim Allen. And this comes around once in the he's going to do the sequels. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. This car here is the car that, that Sparky was supposed to save. And he's getting filled up now. Diesel has opened her own gas station across the street. I'll get you, Diesel. Oh, my God. This movie is going to be gone. So there's nothing to see other than a new gas station that opened across the street. So this car just gassed up, but he's not feeling so good. He's got ind- she's got indigestion and uh, burping. There's something wrong with the gas. He cut it and with he, baby laxative. Diesel <laughs> and Diesel's like, no, no. I'm sure it's just it's indigestion. It's not fentanyl. You'll be fine. <laughs> wow. She has guns. It's a kids show. She has guns. Well, a lot of cars growing up in Arizona has guns on it. Mounted in the a rear mount, <laughs> can shoot enemies as you drive away. Again, like cars, who the fuck builds these billboards and puts up the poster? Cars. Uh, I don't buy it. And I know. Me neither. Have you ever seen the Disney movies Planes? Disney's Planes. Yeah. Is, is it better than Cars Life Two? Uh, yeah. Wow. But it was a ripoff of Cars. When when Cars came out, uh, Planes suddenly showed up. Never mind that there had been that uh, that kids show, JJ, right? JJ, the plane. Oh. Was that a Disney show? I don't think so. It Disney. took place in Terrytown, New York. That doesn't sound like Disney to me. Right. It was based okay, on, so, it was grounded in real, in real life? No, thank you. <laughs> so right now, uh, the car tried to chat up the girl he likes and she was like I'm waiting for a call from my boyfriend and she split wow okay so now Spark comes home and he's like there was no two pines campsite and Uh, the dad is like disappointed 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 yeah well dads are allowed to be disappointed Mm mm-hmm 
<laughs> Maybe if you weren't such a disappointment, son. <laughs> now, uh, this Michael Schlapp, he started as an executive producer on some TV shows like Mansers on Spike TV. You probably heard of that. Uh, he did Viking, the ultimate obstacle course on ESPN. Ooh, fake sports. He did a Discovery Science Channel 1. Uh, and he did a Sci-Fi Channel Chase with a dollar sign for the S. Huh. And a reality TV show called Tilt. But then he fell in love with uh, ripping off animated yeah, ripping off anime, other animated. He's just like typing in the dialogue into the computer, and the computer's just spitting it out for him. So now he's talking to the banker, like, I just got fired from my father's job. I need a job. And he goes, why don't you go to the I-40 construction place? Turtle time. Turtle time. So there are other animals. Yeah, and you'll the, well, I don't know. The turtle certainly won. But the good child has found her ramp, and she's doing a Goldilocks thing again. This rock is too big. This rock is too <laughs> small. This rock is just right. Oh. Uh, the turtle's jump? like, just light, right for what? Yeah, like, who, her, she's obsessed with this ramp. Just let it go. Here's the I-40 ramp, and... Sparky is friends with the uh, jilted, his name's Bumper. Um, I guess they saved a little money because, no, this guy's Zipper, Zipper. Uh, Jim Woods plays Clinch, Clutch, Rivet, and Zipper. And all of his credits are, um, are Sparkplug movies. Good for him. He probably animates too. He's like, I brought the coffee, Michael. Great, great. Get in the studio. You're right. The when, you, when you see the credits for who was the animators, Michael Schlepp is one of them. I can't believe a producer of a sci-fi show would make something so bad. <laughs> That's the boss going, I'm giving you grief. And so Sparky's like, hmm, I don't want any part of this job. Oh, it seems like a stressful job. I'll be better off unemployed. Wow, they really did a good job on this freeway. We're in the middle right now. The median. They call it the median. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I threw a dollar at the median once because I was told it was the median, median strip. Any luck? Uh, yeah, I saw. Push. Yeah, I, I saw under the slip. <laughs> Three ninety nine. Yeah, that's the that GPS price. Then there's a, that thing. I should find out what this other company is. There, for a while, there was a company that was cranking out similar sounding movies, uh, like Snakes on a Plane, uh, Snakes on, mm -hmm. on a Train. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. here's the bad guy once again to whisper uh, into the ear of the sun and appeal to his worst nature. So he, she is like, you can come work for my gas station. I will double your pay at $80 a day. Cool. Oh, so the film, the company I'm thinking of is called the asylum and they make mock okay. mustard, mock busters, 
which are films that sound like major motion picture films. They also created Sharknado. Uh, uh-huh. But let me see if I can find a list of their films. Uh, there's the Transmorphers. <laughs> they did their own version of War of the Worlds the same year the, uh, the Spielberg movie came out. Mm-hmm. They did a film called The Day the Earth Stopped. Not, <laughs> not stood still. Uh, when Battleship came out, they had a movie called American Warships. Mm-hmm. But my favorite of theirs, which has a really good one, is called Titanic 2. It's about a ship whose name is Titanic 2. Uh-huh. That kind of that leaves during modern days. So, uh, let's see. We have Belly Fruit, Foreplay, Scarecrow, Slayer. I'll find a better one. H.G. Wells, War of the Worlds. Dead Man Walking, King of the Lost World. Snakes on a Train, The Da Vinci Treasure. <laughs> 666, The Child. Not to be confused. Pirates of Treasure Island. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Not of Caribbean. The 9-11 Commission Report, based on the 9-11 attacks. <laughs> I guess that's, a, they're saying it's, the, Wikipedia is saying it's the ripoff of United uh, 993 and World Trade Center. The Hitcher, the Hitchhiker. Uh, oh. We a- saw, um, What was that movie in which we saw the, uh, uh, it was based on the video game and there was all the 9-11 Postal. stuff? Postal. Yeah, Postal, right. That right. was a good one. They did a movie called AVH, Alien vs. Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with Alien vs. Predator. Right. Uh, and then let me see if I can find... I am uh, that's a pet peeve of mine, uh, by the way. Uh, predator is not what the... The guy was a hunter. He wasn't a predator. Well, they mentioned that in the last Predator movie, the Predator. They All all the characters go, he's not really right, a Predator. Right, right, never, right, right, right. You know, he doesn't masturbate in, the par- uh, in his hotel room, blocking the exit. Uh, I Am Legend, they made a movie called I Am Omega. Alley Quarterman in the Temple of Skulls. Well, you get the idea. Yeah. Uh, Allie Quarterman. <laughs> I don't understand Allie Quarterman. Was that supposed to be popular back in the day? Uh, Alan Quartermain yeah. was a series of films. Was it a series? Well, I know uh, that. I it think was, it was like a book. It was a, a book, and it was a popular book, and there must have been movies back in the time. There was an 80s version with Richard Chamberlain that mm-hmm. I remember. So this uh, Michael Schlepp is shares something in common with uh, Trixie from Speed Racer. They are both. They were okay. Corrine was a judge of the Emmys for 18 years, and she served on the Act- Actors Guild Council for 13 years. I guess this job was just a paycheck. But Schlepp was a member of the Emmy committee too. So maybe that's how they met. They were like, he was like, hey, what's the word on season four of Golden Girls? Pretty good. I'm voting. I'm giving Beatrice an Emmy. Designing women. All right. We'll make it Designing Women's Day. Uh, just a lot of disappointed children in this movie. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so, you know, Sparky got his job back. That's the whole thing that happens throughout. They have a fight, he quits, then he goes back and, like, he goes, oh, I'll give you another chance, and he gets his job back. So now, 
uh, Diesel is like offering him the 80 bucks. Let me see. Uh, I guess. Great. I've got just a ticket. It's a bit of a drive, but it's worth it. Oh, right now he's talking about like a circus. Okay, so there's a circus coming to town. Uh, and that's going to figure well, into wait the a plot. Minute. A fucking circus? <laughs> yeah. A circus is coming to town. Yeah, this is a world where it. cars are cars, and and there's a circus. Yeah, here the bad kid continues to experiment with the ramp over and over, and the turtle chronicles it the whole way through. You yeah. know, well, okay, here's the circus. Wow, it's instead of a three ring circus, it's a three car ring circus. Right. Oh, there is there's. Starring Petula and the Grease Monkey! Petula will attempt a death-defying... Oh, Oh, Petunia. This is bad. Yeah. You didn't tell me there's going to be monster trucks in this movie. Uh, Are there monster trucks? I guess that's a monster truck. That's more of a device they built. Yeah. That's right, and she jumps through it, and that's the... Uh... That's the stunt. <clears throat> so Diesel is like, I could make this circus so much better. Yeah, and Diesel. in the end, she will buy it. Diesel is just fucking, what a power trip. Yep. Wow, look at that, he's spinning hats. That's an amazing fucking car. I think it's teacups. Oh, yeah. When the car needs to drink tea. Right. How does that work? They don't. It's got the little handle for the, you know, your thumb and pointer finger. They don't have that. Also, what six-year-old drew on the walls? Yeah, there's Look kid drawing yeah. all over the place. Strange. Uh, and it's not explained why. It is signed Michael Phelps Jr. Mm-hmm. His name is Michael Phelps, right, the director? Uh, Michael Schlepp. Uh, well, his son, Michael Phelps, I think, is either the swimmer or swimmer. the Mission Impossible guy. No, that's uh oh. Now you're killing me. That's Nate Snow. Oh, Michael. It is Phelps. It is. Is it Nathan Phelps? Uh, I think that's a uh, Google question. Yeah. All right. We'll let Google deal with it. Ethan. Ethan. Schlepp. Phelps. Phelps. Okay, Mission Impossible Phelps is Jim Phelps. No, that's John Voight. Yeah, Jim Phelps. And here's a picture of... Uh, what's, hmm, Tom, what's Tom Cruise's name? Yeah, what's Tom Cruise? Ethan uh, Hunt, was it? Or Mike Hunt? Cause of death killed by Ethan Hunt. Ethan, Ethan Hunt. Hunt is... Yeah, the, do you, I don't... Do you like Ethan that. Hunt? Um, you should say it. You say, I like Ethan have Hunt. You, Oh, I got a phone call. Who's seen Ethan Hunt? (laughs) Have you seen Ethan Hunt? (laughs) Wait, is he friends with Ethan Hawke? No. Uh, Mike Mike Hawke? You know, Ethan Hawke, I never thought, and I hope I don't ever meet him in person. He's going to punch me right in the face, but I never thought he was a very... Oh, don't don't get acting. He's coming right over. Don't see any acting ability. There's some people like that. Uh, no, he's a good actor. Look at the fuck out of here. He did. A, he did. A movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, he did a movie called First Reform, and he's a priest, and uh, 
He's pretty good okay. at that. He looked pretty tormented. I didn't see that. I'm thinking Gattaca. I'm thinking... Gattaca. Um, Gattaca. Get the Gattaca. Uh, I noticed that you... Get out of here. I noticed get you hold your junk when you pee with your left hand. And so I know that you're inferior, but I'm going to let you slide. Right? That was Gattaca. Gattaca! I remember he had to get taller. Yeah. They cut his feet. Oh, my God. Stupid movie. I it mean, was. It really made me think, man. Yeah, about killing myself. About Battlestar Galactica. Now, there's a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't care that it was the pilot for a two-hour pilot. Oh, I saw that. I actually seen the theme. So the story goes that in the 70s, Battlestar Galactica was such a big TV show around the same time as Star Wars. The publishing, they released the pilot episode and the second episode as a standalone theatrically released movie. Right, as a movie, yeah, before the TV series. And that way everyone thought that the TV series comes from the movie. Oh, is that what it is? I always see, I I guess I, I knew about the movie after the fact, so I always thought it was just like during its heyday. But they were trying to cash in on Star Wars. They were, and they had Lauren Green, and they had Heartthrob or two, yeah. who was in uh, our Charlie Chan film we saw. You're talking about Richard Hatch? Um, yeah. Yeah. Not to be confused so, with the, the guy from The Survivor Show. And there was also Mr. Goodlooking. He was... Um, Sir Benedict? Uh, maybe. He was the blonde-haired one. He had a cool name. Gosh, I, gosh we're really going back now. Dirk Benedict is not a cool name? Uh, no, in the show, in the oh. show, there was like Cleopatra and Apollo and this <laughs> other guy. Uh, Twinkie, I, I just remember Twinkie. No, are you thinking of? Are you thinking of B to 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 B here we go. Whoa. Yeah, so she's finally pulling it together in the the uh, tortoise is impressed. Uh, but the, you see it's not perfect yet. Bonk. They, they cut to the tortoise because they don't want to show the crash because it costs so much money. So they're talking about why are they making it? Uh, the radio announcers like, why are they making an exit of forty to this dump? And the father's getting all offended, and the kid's like, "He's right. This is a nowhere town." Is it? It must be a nowhere town. Nothing to do. This whole town lived here my whole you know, life. In the Cars movie, he was on his way to a race in California, and he broke down, and he ended up in that Arizona town Right, with Paul Newman. That's the plot to guess, Doc Hollywood, right? Dr. Hollywood? Yeah. Yeah. With Michael J. Fox? No. That is the same uh, basic plot, isn't it? He's driving it? To, to... Doc Hollywood? Yeah, he's driving to Hollywood, and he gets broken down in some Arizona town. To and be a yeah. plastic surgeon? And yeah. they make him a general practitioner. The judge does. Yeah, right. Doesn't make any and sense. That, that's just, that's right. The cars too. It was a judge, and he had to redo the road. Yeah. And he messed up. Well, he was Lightning McQueen. Right. right. 
Right. And, and he was going to go race in Hollywood and his car breaks down and then some shenanigans happen. It's a, the Owen brothers guy, Luke or. No, it's a uh, Owen. Oh, what's their last name? Wilson. Owen and Luke Wilson. That's it. That's it. And don't forget Andrew uh, Wilson, their other brother right. from we Church saw Ball. Church Ball, Church Ball, which yeah. was a pretty good movie, I thought. I would love to watch Church Ball right now. Given, <laughs> yeah, what I like her. unreasonable. Everyone knows that. It's more like she's manipulating him, agreeing that the father's a jerk. Why don't you come work for me? Explore the world with your new GPS. Well, she's saying all the things he wants to hear. She's such a manipulator. She's a complicated villain. She really is. And How so? You know, like, I, I, I mean, like, I don't think what Michael Sh- uh, Schlepp is doing is a good thing, you know, just sort of feeding off of the popularity of other films. But at the same time, he does make his own story. He doesn't do interesting things. He He's shameless about it. He doesn't hide the fact that he's pretending. Okay, check out this guy's hippie voice, his right. surfer voice. Not looking like that. Huh? You need a makeover, a new paint job, decals, chrome, dude. Chrome, dude. I just got this paint. <laughs> He's that turtle from Finding Nemo. Come on, Nemo, you gotta find your chrome, dude. Yep, because what he is is a stereotype. That's all it is. It's such He's a. like. It's not lazy. It's just not even lazy. It's just like, hey, dude. Oh, I'm a surfer. Uh, to, yeah, to make the cop I 